1: Good afternoon, everybody. Actual live SEO rockstars for January 31st. And the third week in a row, I might add. Third week in a row live. Dude, look at this chat room.
2: It is rocking.
1: Gee, I wonder why that is. I don't know. Are we having some sort of special guest or something today?
2: It, it looks that way because uh, <laughs> I think it's standing room only.
1: Yeah, chat right.
2: room,
1: so. Virtual standing room only.
2: Yeah, I like oh. it. How you been, man? How's your week? I'm good. Been good so far. Got a little
3: headhunter calls today.
2: There you go. Hey,
3: there's
1: Mr. Cutts on the line already.
3: Went to go see a musical uh, in San Francisco called La Stat, like a show. I have not heard of that. Uh, they should call it La Suck. La Suck. <laughs> it's awful. It's going to go to New York, so run away as fast run as you away. can. Run away. Well,
1: we're actually heading into New York a couple of days early for
3: SES. and going to hit the spam a lot. Yeah, I am too.
1: It's <laughs> for no other reason than it has the best name ever. <laughs>
3: <laughs> all these people are going to be in New York and they're going to see these shows and they're going to be like, "Oh, well, I have to go to Spam a lot." I mean, come on.
1: Absolutely. So it's the
3: greatest it's the greatest movie of all time.
1: <laughs> it is. It,
3: it's, it, it's pretty good. Pretty good. It's I don't know reasons, if it's better than Princess Bride good. It's
1: one of the reasons I got uh got kicked out of first year engineering. is We just spent the whole whole semester watching that and talking like those dumb Frenchmen for a semester and it turns out that's not conducive to passing engineering
3: courses. <laughs> not, not all the time, no. <laughs> Go figure, eh? But you know, the, the coconuts and the horse thing is just my favorite. Well, and oh. the, the killer rabbit? I mean, come yeah. on, that's classic. <laughs> Great movie.
1: <laughs> and a sorcerer named Tim. That just... That,
3: that, maybe it's Tim Meyer. Maybe. It could it just, be. Ah. Uh, Whenever the, the show starts up, people in the audience will be like, Meyer, Meyer, and nobody will get it except for the SEOs in the audience. There nah. you go. Front row of geeks. That's what it's going to be. <laughs> so what have you guys been up to? Well, I, Spamming and jamming, of course. Didn't you hear the intro? <laughs> right, right, right. Spamming and jamming Yahoo and MSN and what else? Not Google, right? Oh, we'll get to you in a minute. <laughs> Google is impossible to
1: spam, haven't you heard? There's no such thing as spam.
3: <laughs> oh, well, I'm glad you guys are not doing it on Google. We would never. A, that I would be inappropriate and rude. It would be wrong.
1: I took a break from spamming today, as a matter of fact.
3: <laughs> well, you've gone white hat, right, Todd? Todd? You haven't fallen off the wagon, have you? No, I got to, I got to stay
1: home and paint my basement.
3: Oh, so okay. Todd's what we call a corporate <laughs> bitch now. So. Well, didn't you give him like six months, Greg?
2: Yeah. Well, do I should I tell him about the conversation we had right before we went on the air? <laughs>
3: <laughs> oh dear! You better not, <laughs> because then I would be obligated to act on whatever information I found out. So. He misses me, and so does the dental plan industry. <laughs> <laughs> no weight loss bills,
2: nothing like no, that. No, no, no,
1: I, I was I was merely lamenting a little bit, a uh, little bit homesick for the the world of, <laughs> of search engine spam.
3: <laughs> but
2: actually, Matt, we've all gone a bit
3: more white hat. You know, I was actually going to say, if you look around, like you've got a blog oilman man's got a blog, like, all these people are, like, producing actual content, you know. Yeah, it's kind of Re- weird. Real reasons for people to link, you know. it's uh, You can call it link baiting, but it's oh, actual good content.
2: Blogging's
1: the best link building ever.
3: Hey. Well, the, uh, you know, what I enjoy about
2: it is certainly did plenty of consulting about how to use a blog for clients before I actually started doing it. So now, to me, you know, my blog's just a test bed on it. Viral link development, really. And,
3: well, and uh, it makes a big difference to actually be out yeah. there, you know, doing a blog. You yeah, guys, you guys run tons of sites, I'm sure. But you know, for me to do it, it was an eye opener. I've learned a whole lot. So
2: it was. It's
3: it's definitely an eye opener,
2: and it's interesting to see, you know, what causes people to link. And, and the
3: biggest thing is, I've always hated begging for links anyway. So
2: yeah, it's nice to work in an environment where
3: you never have to do that. Well, and so if you're part. if you're begging for it, you're doing it wrong.
1: Right. We, Greg and I, just had that conversation the other day. Somebody emailed Greg and said, "Hey, can you put me on your blog roll?" Like, yeah. yeah, you got to ask for like links. It's like the it's like the complete antithesis of blogging, right there.
2: It's like, well, first of all, you have to be a friend, or you have to send me traffic, or you have to, you know, I need to get a ping. You got to do something to make me notice your site. And then I go read it, and then I read it some more, and then at some point, you end up on the blog roll. But you never ask.
1: Never.
2: Yeah, that's just poor blogging etiquette. Yeah, <laughs> now that we're
1: professional bloggers, we we understand the etiquette.
2: <laughs> oh yeah, I'm all
3: well over it.
2: And if you're not so, uh, ask, yeah, I've noticed
3: a few funny. people like Dave Naylor railing on uh, blog comment spammers now. And there's <laughs> that's kind of funny, isn't it? It really sort of is. It's like you know, now that I run one, that's
2: really annoying. Yeah, see, I haven't done that. I just smile and delete it. It's not, <laughs> I'm, I'm actually thrilled that I'm. My blog has been indexed to the point now where I'm a victim of it. That makes me feel like a real blogger.
3: <laughs> well, and give it a little bit of time. I think you'll <laughs> you'll grow to hate it. You're, you're still, you know, in the early stage, right? You've only been doing it for a couple months, right? Yeah, only a couple months. But I have well, ways. It's, I it's a good reach. research tool, though.
1: If you want, to, I mean, you track all those comment spams coming in, and you get to go find all those
2: good old right. See, I actually to have to hunt for those abandoned blogs. <laughs> But but now, now I you know the, the tracer the,
3: patterns to check for, huh?
2: Yeah, who, you know, the domains come and say, hey, I know that guy. <laughs> that's the most interesting thing.
3: Well, there's a, there's a few people who, you know, they have their blacklist, like, oh, yeah, I, I don't want to spam my friend, stuff like that. Yeah. So.
1: Well, and that's what, kind of what it boils down to. I was getting hit really hard right before um, Las Vegas PubCon, and uh, a guy that I know who's a, quite a prolific blog spammer was there, and I just walked over to him and said, hey, dude, you got to take me off your list. He went, oh, oh, man, I'm sorry. And, uh, you know, within two days, it was like 75% of the blog spam was gone. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) So it's a matter of, uh, you know, there are some benefits to having been in that world when you go to run a blog now, I suppose.
3: Absolutely. It's kind of good to be able to say, uh, dude, uh, leave me out. (laughs) (laughs) You don't need my link compared to the other 200,000 you're trying to get.
2: There you go. Exactly. Vloggers can't be wrong, right? <laughs> <laughs> well, you know what? We were going to
1: do a little thing here and then uh, take a quick commercial break, but I think since we've already ro- rolled you right in here, Matt, why don't we jump on into the first segment of the questions and that all the public wants to know, mm-hmm. and we'll go from there.
3: Uh, and where, where's the part where I get to ask you guys questions? Oh, that's at the end. Yeah. That's at the end. <laughs> Definitely safe. That's, that's
2: the after clock. the one-hour mark. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's after that 5 o'clock. Did you say you had to leave at 5?
3: Yeah, I do. You know, I'm actually giving up hockey to talk to you guys.
2: Oh, we're very <laughs> thrilled that you would do that.
3: Well, roller hockey. hockey,
2: is that still the big thing at the Plex, roller hockey or ice skate?
3: You know, it's interesting. As the company gets bigger, it can be harder to get enough people to come out. So um, I'm happy to get a nice little four-on-four game going, which is pretty good. But uh, believe me, I need the exercise. Yeah. so... Now, you guys can build your own rink. Right? <laughs> well, parking's a little tighter these days, so any flat surface tends to accumulate cars. But um, you know, that's all right.
1: You could just go buy the arena. Why build your own?
3: So actually good. Idea, aren't they? You can skate like a little ways away, and then you can <laughs> play hockey in a abandoned parking lot. So there you go. But yeah, let's do questions and. Okay, so
2: we got a bunch for you. Now, I sat down with it. We, you know, people were posting questions on Todd's blog and my blog. and I went through and kind of grouped them together on, on basic topics. And I took out all the ones I know you won't answer. <laughs> so I, we don't have a lot of, you know, for you listeners out there, if you if you post questions like all things being equal, an H1 versus an H2, which is going to rank better, from past personal experience of hearing Matt talk a million times, I kind of know which ones he would not really answer, so I didn't want to waste time talking about those kind of specific points. Um, but well, we have a lot of... Legal f- stuff, too. Right, right, and there's no Department of Justice or Chinese
3: questions in here at all. Very kind. It's uh, outside, well... <laughs> we totally understand. Sort of other than... Other about than on a radio show, so.
2: Matt, I will say that, you know, pass along to the powers that be that uh, we think it was a good thing that they stood up and
3: said no. So...
2: I will pass that feedback. Uh, but we will we'll definitely going to leave those out of the loop. I appreciate it.
1: <laughs> uh, I'm sure the powers that be will sleep well knowing that Oilman and Web Gorilla have yeah, proved that exactly. their actions.
3: Don't get me <laughs> started on that international stuff.
2: <laughs> so that said, I'm sure we'll probably start off with your, your least favorite topic in the world, and that would be the uh, litter box slash sandbox.
3: Oh, okay. Um, Let's see, least favorite. Would that be 301, 302 or sand- Yeah, you can pick Oh, dude, we
1: love there. we love your 301
3: handling. That's all good.
2: Okay. Yeah, and we're going to get to that, too. <laughs>
3: um, so, I don't know, did you catch the show last weekend? You know, the problem is, if you miss the show, it takes a little while to get posted sometimes.
2: Oh, very true. Very like, true. the
3: search cast for, was from the 27th, and it's the 31st. I need my, you know, right. SEO rock stars slash daily search cast, like, up to the 2nd. Okay, well, as a a little quick recap, you know, you've you've heard all the, the, you've
2: listened to Mike Freehand's comments, I'm sure, that there is no kind of filtering at all that takes place, and it's really about Google deciding that your content is just crap. Okay. And that if you do good content, in this case, and then there's people on my site, thing where we clearly see what seems to be filtering primarily based on age. So as a little test, we took Todd's link condom site, and uh, it's been around for a year, has had about 800 links, all from blogs and, you know, industry places. Ranks really well, number one in Yahoo and MSN for link condom. And also the term link skank, and which Craig uh, coined <laughs> at a, a session that we did
3: together. And, There's and probably so, not a lot of competition for link skank.
2: Well, and that's the funny thing is, is that it's completely non-existent in Google results. Even for phrases on the little phrases like that that have no competition that absolutely should pull the page. The results were full of sites that talked about, you know, Danny's site and all the sites that come up linked to Link Condom, but Google just never allowed Link Condom to see the light of day. Okay. Mm-hmm. So what we did is I set up an A record on my site and set up linkcondom.webgrilla.com and I pointed at Todd's site, which so we basically, and I just did a DNS hijack pretty much. We didn't even move the site. And then I took uh, the post that I wrote about Jeremy selling links, and I used the word link condom in that. I 301 the links that I got from that post out in the blogosphere to the linkcondom.webgerula.com. So I didn't even use Todd's links. I used about one-tenth the amount of links, um, similar topic. And within seven days, it's now number one. Google, uh, on about half the data centers right now mm-hmm. but definitely in big 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 daddy. So when we sit back and look at that it really only you know it seems to me that there's very very strong uh, emphasis on the age of the age of the domain because all things being equal, um, when it was Todd site and it was a new site, even though it clearly was the home site of that phrase, it was not allowed to show up. And, but now that it's moved to a domain that is from the late '90s, it shows up instantly. So we're curious. We, you know, just love to have your comments and input on that phenomenon.
3: Mm-hmm. Cool. Um, well, I've got my debugging console since I'm here at the oh Googleplex. <laughs> <laughs> um, that's not fair. <laughs> well, that's, uh, there's, know.
1: there's actually two other issues on this too. We one we never 301 the link condom site. So it's it's still existing as it was. So Greg's subdomain is is legitimately full out duplicate content of the original. That's that's something to bear in mind on on why it would pop so nicely that quickly.
2: And you know, we're seeing this quite often. I'm really paranoid now he's sitting there with his tools running <laughs> and being completely silent.
3: Uh, no, i just checking into stuff. Um, anything that might be perceived as a sandbox has nothing to do with linkcondom.com not ranking for uh, for the phrases that you guys are talking about. So I checked into it. There's absolutely no manual things going on, but there are a couple algorithmic things, right. uh, which the algorithms think that the site looks uh, a little wonky for a couple reasons, uh, but they have nothing to do with any sort of sandbox. So.
2: Well, and and, and let's—I'll backtrack real quick and say that when I when I use that term, I don't believe that there is this flat-out time penalty thing, Mm -hmm. right? I, I understand that it's an algorithmic filtering process that ends up that ends up being kind of a byproduct of that process to quite a few sites. So the question then becomes: Is what gets removed when it moves to a different address that's older? It causes the algorithm not to think it's a funky. Because we didn't change the content. I mean, it's a one page parody site. Granted, it is crap. No, it's not crap. <laughs> I mean, for a while, from, you know, that's why we use this as a, a kind of a test.
3: <laughs> no, it, it's a good example of link fading, right? You know, link baiting originally carries this connotation of something bad, but really right. all link baiting is is coming up with either something creative or something controversial or some sort of interesting, useful service that provides information. Right. And this site, you know, even though it's like one page, kind of hits at least two, two and a half out of those three.
2: Mm-hmm. So so why was it not worthy on its own?
3: I can't talk about the algorithmic reasons why, but if you think about it, I mean, this is kind of like the ultimate self-referential site, right? It's right, right. Like, here's a site all about uh... link spam and all the things you can do with link spam and oh what do the backlinks to this site look like um... it is not your typical site um, now if you guys want to run through any other concrete examples i can totally say oh yeah that might be something that could be perceived well now as here's as
2: well. okay when we did our link analysis on the two what i noticed in my set of backlinks mm-hmm. that pointed to my article about jeremy and todd's backlinks were that they were, we shared a lot of common sites. Most people that linked to me also linked to the link condom site. He had far more in volume, mm-hmm. but as far as the overall quality of the link set and the people that were doing the linking, you know, people like Jeremy and Danny and Search Engine Journal and you know a lot of what we consider the the authoritative sites in our space. Mm-hmm. So I know you can't. So if you can't explain why it wouldn't show up can you explain why what's different about it being a subdomain of my site that would make it okay to show up?
3: Well, I think it's not so much that it's something really great about your site. It's more like uh, linkcondom.com is sort of the ultimate example of uh, a site that's a little bit outside the norm. Think about it. It's got got like one page. Who are the people linking to it? What do they look like? Uh, I would contend that from my looking at my tools that they, it is slightly a different set than the people that link to your site or link to that specific page on your domain and I mean it's a one page site there's a, there's a whole lot of stuff about it I see those paid links down at the bottom or what look to be paid links um,
1: no 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 those are affiliate links now be fair
3: pay for the hosting of this parody <laughs> and then you've got the three static links down at the bottom but Article the page five. now
2: is it hasn't even moved. It's the exact same IP. It's sitting in the exact same spot. The only thing that's different is it's a different address that you indexed it under. So, and and that gets into the the kind of uh, so clearly that site. What it did do is it gained a huge amount of links in a short period of time, mm-hmm. but it also lacked any significant search volume. Sure. And it, it, the, inter, the interesting thing we see, like this little SEO contest that we'll talk about <laughs> in a little bit. Uh-huh. But one of the phenomenons I, I see in that that's interesting is that, and Mike Grehan talks about this a lot, with when you have a brand and you go out and advertise on TV and create search demand for a term that never existed before, brand name or
3: something, mm-hmm.
2: you don't see that kind of filtering take place.
3: So Sure yeah that's that's an important point actually
2: um so search activity obviously factors into it somewhat
3: well i wouldn't I wouldn't phrase it as search activity because you know if, if suppose there's some disaster like Hurricane Katrina or uh you know a tsunami or something like that well that's that's like a big spike of search activity all of a sudden um but that doesn't at all mean that sites shouldn't rank for that those are important sites they should be coming up in in response to user queries. I mean, what you've kind of done here, Greg, is you've done an interesting experiment by taking the content and putting it somewhere else, which says, "Okay, well, how much of a factor in the SEO ranking is this on-page content coming into play?" And since the content is identical, that's pointing more towards there's off-page factors or other algorithmic things that are resulting in the ranking change. So, I mean, it just it, it clearly, it, and this
2: is, and we in a bit we'll kind of have to talk about some other stuff, but. What we're clearly seeing is that there's definitely a different level of trust Mm -hmm. based on your time on the web, and there's also a difference in the rate at which you can explosively gain new links based on your time on the web. I mean, as an example, my site sat around dormant for five years with virtually no link development because it was pretty much abandoned and I didn't ever do anything with it. Then I became a blogger and got a whole bunch of links really quick but saw no ill effect from that whereas it doesn't seem to be the case for a brand-new site or a brand-new domain.
3: Well, I would definitely say that there's a danger in just immediately chalking stuff up to age. You know, you can read that history pattern or whatever, and you can assume, oh, well, age has to be a factor, or this has to be a factor, or that has to be a factor. And a more accurate way to look at it is, look, sites that are older would tend to have uh, a little more of the real-world characteristics that would say this is a reputable site, whether it be backlinks or whether it be... You know people looking for it because they know about it or or all of those indicators that say this is a real world site, that sort of thing, so I think a few people might be looking at it and, and saying, "Oh well, let's just chalk something down to age and call it a day and i I think there are many, many different ways that you can you know measure how good a page is and how real world a page is, and just saying, "Okay, it's age is probably simplifying stuff a little bit too much
2: but would it be f- fair to say that you're probably a little more tolerant to volatile link churn with an older site than a, a new one?
3: I wouldn't characterize it like that. Uh, well, would,
2: would it be safer
1: to characterize it as, as maybe not more tolerant to it, but more, you know, an, an older site's going to have a lot more links, so if it gets a little volatile at something that just happened, It's it's not a it's not a zero to 60, it's like a 40 to 60 kind of <laughs> increase. Sort of, you know what I'm saying, though?
3: You guys would be good district attorneys, you know that? you like, uh, where were you on the night of the 16th? Okay, I see, but uh, but isn't it possible that there was a link growth that was uh, starting from a higher baseline or something well, like that? Well, um, the, the,
1: the, the idea goes back to when, you know, in the, a lot of the good old blog spam days where people were throwing up subdomains on, you know, freeservers.com and all this and that, with the idea being... I can go add 100,000 links to freeservers.com, and it's really a blip in the radar of how many links they really have. It's such a small percentage growth.
3: Well, it's certainly the case that you can imagine, uh, you know, taking into account how old a site is, how many backlinks it has, the growth, um, uh, you know, the amount of growth over time and the backlinks and stuff like that. Um, But it's not the sort of thing that i could go into a whole lot of detail about okay this starting point versus that starting point or baselines or stuff like that um the main thing that i would say is you know hey go back to the what's the fundamental tenet of white hat philosophy it's build good content such that people find your site anyway and then your your links you know will just grow organically but,
2: but here's where it comes in here's a real world white hat application that we run into quite a bit so old client with nice old domain is launching a new product and a new brand. They really want to split that brand off on its own domain, and that will work fine in the other two engines, but what we find is that ma- taking that brand and keeping it as a subdomain of the old site, it will do much better, much quicker in Google than it will if that exact same content sits somewhere else. So that you know, Granted, there's always spam applications, but there's a lot of real-world considerations to take into... You know, when you're thinking about what to do with how you grow your long-term quality content on the web. And and address seems to be a big part of it. Um, another thing that isn't we've noticed a lot, too, because we obviously monitor some of the aggressive areas. Mm-hmm. right? And before you guys launched this thing, um, the real spammy error is hyphenated domains was the big thing, right? Mm-hmm. New domains, hyphenated. And what we're kind of seeing is that And when you first did it, it cleaned a lot of stuff up. Mm -hmm. Now we're seeing it all creep back in, but it looks different. It's now instead of keyword, 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 it's these subdirectories off these old sites. I mean, if you look at, I'm looking at Viagra serps right now, for even buy Viagra. Mm -hmm. Seven of the ten, you know, they're all redirecting to some cheesy place to buy it, and they're all coming from... um, these hosted accounts on domains that are really old that have nothing to do with the topic, where you can just go set up a free account and build links to them. So we've seen the face of spam change as far as what it looks like in your index.
3: Well, I would absolutely agree that, that spam changes rapidly. So, for example, you know, spam today is quite different than spam six months ago. And spam six months ago is way different than spam back in November two thousand and three right so it it's absolutely the case that anytime you introduce new algorithms, new scoring techniques, new data, new signals whatever um, it, it's sort of like a, a massive optimization problem the The people who are trying to spam or to SEO or whatever will sort of say, "Okay well, what works okay well how are we going to tackle that so would I recommend going out and trying to find some random, you know, site that you can hang a subdirectory or a subdomain off or something like that? I definitely wouldn't pursue that because, you know, again, spam will be different six months from now, and the sorts of, you know, random stuff that you do and the amount of effort you put in versus just building a real site and growing it organically. I mean, you guys have seen how much of an impact you've had from having your sites, having your blogs, uh, just. Organically, you know, that's the sort of thing that uh, either that or coming up with some hook is going to be the the viral word of mouth buzz. But here's here's
2: a perfect example. So I obviously own gregbozer.com, mm-hmm. and I've had forever, but I've never put a site up on it. And that was uh, a big question to me: Do I take my my company site and turn it into the blog, or do I start a new blog with my my name? Mm-hmm. And I went with the web gorilla domain purely for the fact that everything that I'm seeing tells me that even though I would have gained a lot of links virally within the community because a lot of people know me before I launched the blog, uh, I wouldn't enjoy the search engine traffic that I'm getting off of the brand new domain. Am I am I wrong? I think it's a lot easier to spell.
3: <laughs> yeah, gorilla, monkey pics, gorilla Yeah, it's bad. Well, it's it's just tough. You start you start typing in web gorilla and before you know it you've got monkeypicks.co.uk or whatever and you know it's just easy to get confused. <laughs> now, um, Happens to me every day actually. <laughs> so I, I would actually say that for a person starting uh starting out, you can get a ton of progress. Now, can you get the sort of progress that you'd want to show up for, you know, number one for Viagra? Well, if if you're just starting out, that's not the first place you want to tackle. You want to tackle, you know, a much smaller niche and build your way out. So and obviously, I don't, think, I don't want to rank. I don't think it would have affected that. you as far as keeping you from being able to rank well for SEO contests or whatever if you decided to do it on Greg Bowser.
2: Huh. Well, I might have to test that. <laughs> well, there's no okay. reason.
3: You know, I've got mattcuts.com and mattcutscom slash blog, because if you just make the main site the blog, then, you know, now you can... You know, I
2: could teach you how to install that WordPress in your root directory. <laughs>
3: <laughs> well, I'll, you know, I'll tell you what, guys. I we'll taught how to do it. I start but, reading my blog lines, and, like, every third time, it's you with your subdomain WordPress thing. It's like you tweak <laughs> one character in that post or something. You and Dax, man, I'm like, this... Subdomain oh, does it go Rejuvenator out every time or whatever. Yeah, okay. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Actually, that's a fold in, in blog lines. Like, it ought to be smart enough to say, oh, you know, he he tweaked like one character. Yeah, because I know.
2: try not to. You know, like, I don't edit the post to change the date stamp because sometimes we don't want it to go out in the feed, but I didn't think about the comments.
3: You know, it's really – well, not even the comments. Even just, like, one tiny one-character change will make blog lines refresh, which is oh, sort really? of – annoying. It's made me be less likely to, you know, edit old posts because I'm like, oh, I'm going to annoy, like, several hundred people because they're reading the blog line feed or whatever. Interesting. But good point. Well,
1: guys, i got to jump in here for a second. We're going to we to go to uh, commercial break, pay some bills, and uh, while we're we go enough. offline, we'll give Matt a little lesson on how to install WordPress correctly. And maybe talk about Big Daddy when we come back. Cool. Sounds good. We'll be back in just a couple minutes. Hang tight, everybody. <laughs>
0: a conference in oklahoma city steve talbot's ford escort radiator hose bursts near the town of hooker he types hooker escort hookup into another local search engine's one box search he has a great time that he can't expense truelocal.com two boxes one click great results
4: Into a fortune.
5: There's a lot of webmasters out there, and they all have traffic to send you. For them to send you traffic, they need to know who you are. Want to reach them? Heck, you need to reach them. To reach them, you need to be where they are. You need to speak their language. You need to tell them how you're all going to make money together sending traffic to your sites. Webmaster Radio is the place to reach them. Webmaster Radio is the place where webmasters, affiliate programs, and Internet businesses come together to learn, share, connect, and do business. Use banners, buttons, sure, you've got those here. But if you want to put out the message that not only tells them what you do, but the spirit of your company, Webmaster Radio is the place. We'll put out a professionally produced radio spot that can be informative, entertaining, even silly. (laughs) It'll get your message out to the Webmaster community, and hey, we'll all do more business. Webmaster Radio, where everybody learns to make more money. Like the idea of gambling and winning with someone else's money? How about cashing in with a
0: house? Sign up today with PartyPoker.com, the world's largest poker room and poker affiliate program. Cash in on one of the most lucrative and fastest growing industries for Webmasters. There's $10 million paid out to Webmasters every month. The world is your oyster, and every hand is a winner. Wouldn't you like a slice of that pie? PartyPoker.com. Betting on the house makes you a winner every time. Contact Alex L at PartyGaming.com for a great deal. PartyPoker.com. What happens when super affiliates hit the glass ceiling? They develop RevenueGateway.com. The ad network developed by super affiliates for the affiliate marketplace. Tap into the most powerful and intuitive system designed for ROI, exclusive tier one advertisers, High Industry payouts, bonus rewards, and rock sun on time payments. Looking to be creative or need mentoring? There is always someone there for you live 24/7. RevenueGateway.com The secret to your success. RevenueGateway.com <laughs>
1: We are coming back. Welcome back to SEO Rockstars, everybody. (laughs) Before we jump right back in, I have a really quick uh, Webmaster Radio announcement, and it actually concerns not only SEO Rockstars but all the shows that uh, we run on the network. Um, You can now listen on your cell phone. If you head over to MobileCast, um, there's a link on the webmasterradio.fm homepage. Go over to MobileCast. If you have a, a phone listed on their page, and you have a data plan, you can listen to SEO Rockstars and every other show on your cell phone while you're driving and be a menace to society.
2: Anyways, we're Uh, back. Are are we all back? (laughs) I am back. Do you guys miss me? I thought you'd been banned from the Radio Index. I thought you pushed a button and made me disappear forever. (laughs) (laughs) There there was a little hole in my heart for a while there. It was brutal.
3: (laughs) It it felt emptier, yeah.
1: (laughs) <laughs> well let's uh we're we're clearly not gonna have enough time in, in one show to cover everything we want to do. So let's jump right into the Big Daddy data center. And I know the question burning on everybody's mind right now is when are we gonna see this thing roll out? And Big is it Daddy. gonna roll out in close to the form we're seeing
3: it today? Ah, uh, Big Daddy, do people like it? I love it. I personally it, love it. Now Pretty I don't know if awesome. that's a good thing for you.
2: No, actually, um,
3: a lot of people have been giving us very positive comments, and not just the black
2: hats.
3: (laughs) Um, So let's see, what's the update on Big Daddy? Um, Last time I did a blog post, two data centers were live running Big Daddy. Um, Since then, a new data center has come up running on Big Daddy. Um, We've gone through the spam report feedback using the keyword Big Daddy, and we've gone through the dissatisfied link feedback that sort of tells... You know, general search quality issues. So um, I think I'll probably do a post on my blog and ask for more feedback, both spam reports and any search quality issues that people have. But at this time, it looks like things are a go to start rolling it out pretty soon. The thing to bear in mind is this is not just a data push. This is not just a change in the algorithm. This is not just you know, uh, some sort of regular data center switchover, this is a change in some infrastructure. So it's going to go a little uh, at a more steady pace than, you know, your typical sort of Google Dance or your Google Update, something like that. So if I had to look forward, I would guess roughly one data center per week to be switched over. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if um, it may be the case that the switchover is complete by about mid-March. But it, that could go, you know, a little bit later as well. So the other data center that has gone live, let me go ahead and figure out that IP address. Uh, let huh. me know if you need it. I got it. Oh, no, that's no, all right. <laughs> so uh, instead of reading three IPs off, I'll just say, you know, if you go to my blog, you can find the other two IPs. The, the new data center that has another uh, big daddy is 216. 239.51.104. So it's now live at three data centers. And uh, things look good, so I'm expecting that to just sort of keep going at a very normal, measured rollout pace. And uh, over the course of the next month, just more and more traffic will naturally get directed to Big Daddy.
2: So when you talk about uh, it being a major change in infrastructure, obviously redirection is one of the big focal points of
3: it. Mm-hmm. How so do you know that? I would... I wouldn't put it like that. Um, think of it like this change in the infrastructure lays the framework that will allow us to make lots of good forward progress on a lot of different issues you know, in the future. So there are different policies of handling redirects and canonicalization, and those policies are, in my opinion, strictly better than what we've got now, uh-huh. um, but they're still yet to come. So, you know, we'll get Big Daddy out, think of it like version 1.0. And then over the course of the next few months, as we keep collecting feedback and look for problems and, you know, hear about different ways that people want to do redirects differently or canonicalization differently, uh, we will take that into account and keep iterating to make sure that it gets better and better.
1: So that that, that sounds a little bit like we're going to be getting back to more of a regular update. Are we, is that sort of no. come back to maybe we're going to be looking at some, some significant monthly changes once everything's rolled out and you're employing that feedback?
3: No, I wouldn't put it like that. I mean, if you guys remember the 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 good old days where on Webmaster World you could literally track when a Google Dance would start by the phase of the moon.
2: Uh-huh. <laughs> you guys
3: remember Brett Tabke's graph that shows, okay, here's the full moon, so it's about time for Google to start switching over to Data Center. Um, once Big Daddy is out, I would expect that changes would be relatively transparent. Um, it's already at the point where your average user is probably not going to notice a huge difference uh, if they just do a random search on a Big Daddy Data Center versus the original you know Google Classic or whatever you want to call it. So, um there will be changes throughout the next coming months and throughout the rest of the year, but I wouldn't expect them to happen on a monthly basis and for the most part people won't notice it. They'll just say, "Oh, you know what? My dub 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 and my non dub 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 are now acting the way I would hope they would act or, you know, the redirects work the way that I would have wanted them to work" stuff like that.
2: You mean you're not going to need those links we're trying to get for you?
3: <laughs> you know, <laughs> it's amazing to me how much fun people have trying to beat up my site. <laughs> it's it's such a small little binky site. I mean, we got you know, good ones. If you remember the early days, it took like nothing to push it over. It was right. like, on some virtual hosting account for like five bucks a month or whatever. And, so, and like, then there was it our yet. SEO team got got it was like, oh, let's hijack you know Matt's bacon polenta post. There's some <laughs> random dude who's like made a pseudo mattcuts.be or whatever. Uh, you guys know about .be, right? Oh yeah, yeah. You got your free domains from Belgium. Uh-huh. Okay, good, good. So, so great for spamming and jamming. <laughs> <laughs> spamming and jamming. If, if that free.info uh, plan last year didn't work, you can get in on the free.bes. Yeah. But, um, um, so actually, w- when I, I read your
2: blog the about the, three, the redirection stuff, it sounds to me that what you're going to eventually roll out is is pretty similar to the system that Yahoo announced, as far as how you make the decisions on how to treat. Specific things is that a fair
3: assessment? That is a pretty fair assessment, and in fact, we're we're a lot closer to that now than we were even like you know a few months ago. So if I could just say you know what will be probably both Yahoo's policy and our policy is the vast vast majority of the time we'll go with the destination URL. Um, And whenever it's something that's on site, then you can go with something that's shorter or prettier or something like that. Um, But if you go with the destination URL the vast, vast majority of the time, then you don't open yourself up nearly as much to any particular vulnerability about hijacking or any problem like that. Now, if you read Yahoo's slide of how they handle redirects, they have an asterisk on it. And their asterisk basically says, we reserve the right to make exceptions. And so Google, in the same way, reserves the right to make exceptions.
2: Well, your Major League Baseball example one was
3: was good. Yeah, you know, it's good to have a concrete one. And we actually gave that one at SES New York last year. And it was really pretty helpful because there were a couple people in the audience who were like, wait a second, you got both the source URL and the destination URL showing up. And then Danny, Danny Sullivan checked it out, and he was like, oh, well, Yahoo's doing it too. So... I, I think that um, our exception rate will be under half a percent based on the heuristics that I've seen from various people. And those, those will be manually reviewed? Uh, not necessarily, but, you know, if 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 it turns out that it is a problem even after uh, switching to this heuristic that says 99.5% of the time I always go at the destination, uh, we're open to going with the destination all the time, but we're hoping that there's still some room for things that are very clear-cut cases that the algorithms can spot or possibly that people look at to verify that they're okay. Because you know, a user would rather have a, a prettier URL as long as there's no risk of hijacking. If there's still a substantial problem, uh, then I, I think Google is open to always going with the destination URL.
2: So if the hijacker should happen to figure out the secret sauce that causes you to display the original URL, you'd be open to just going to a default where you land is what you get.
3: Yeah, um, and we've had discussions uh, internally within Google. And uh, so there's folks who contend very strongly that the set of heuristics that we're putting into place will be the right set of heuristics. But ultimately what matters is, you know, webmasters shouldn't be stressed and users should get the best URLs that they can possible. uh, And we've got to make sure that those two issues get solved. And so if, uh, if it turns out that the the only real way to make it 100% sure is to go with the um, destination URL, then I would not be at all surprised if that's the policy that we went with eventually.
2: So that leads me kind of into another another realm with... Can we talk about the supplemental index a bit and duplicate sure. content?
3: Yeah.
2: Um, one of the things that we notice Now, I've heard you speak many times where you've said that, that there's really nothing diabolical about the supplemental index, just a place where maybe less trusted pages end up. But from our side of the fence, what we see consistently, one of the first things we end up having to clean up for clients typically is duplication. Mm-hmm. And what we find is when you get stuff in that index, it becomes very difficult to get it out. As an example, there's a listener to our show who apparently he said he talked to you about this in, in Vegas. But he sent a thing, and I, I took a quick look at it. Basically, um, what happened was they had multiple domains pointing to the site and that caused problems they wanted to clean that up they put up a robots text on one of the domains they want to get rid of used the site removal tool got it booted for six months everything seemed to be okay after that but six months after the fact when that period ran out all those urls were just put back in the su- or restored to the supplemental and and the cache date is like february of uh... 05. So, the problem is the site has a bunch of proper 301s set up to tell you, the bot, that these don't exist anymore, but you won't come back to recrawl, re request those pages so we could serve you the 301s. Right. So, is there going to be any mechanism in the Big Daddy that would somehow give us a way to speed up that process and say, hey, we made a goof and there was duplication and it ended up in that index? clean it up, we'd like to get it out, how
3: can we get you to come revisit that content so we can tell you where it's permanently moved to? Sure. Well, I think that there's a a multi-pronged answer to your question, which, you know, by default, the initial incarnation of Big Daddy is orthogonal or completely independent of the supplemental index. So you've, you know, by default, those things are not necessarily related. But ultimately what I'm hearing from you and what I hear from other webmasters at conferences is I would like better tools that will let me manage, you know, what's my canonical URL, what URLs are showing up within Google, stuff like that. So uh, the URL removal tool has worked really well for the last four or five years, Um, but I wouldn't be surprised if sometime during the course of this year we we took a fresh look at that and said, okay, how do we make sure that that integrates completely well with all the other different parts of the system? Um, The other thing that I'd look for is... Um, what started out as a Google sitemaps tool, you know, so that you can give a feed of your URLs and say how often they're updated to Google, has gradually been in, evolving into sort of a webmaster console. And I think it would be really great if there would be some ways through the webmaster console that people could give more feedback about their site and how they want their site to be indexed and all those sorts of things, because that would be really useful. You know, That's like uh, a clear line for a webmaster or a site owner to communicate. So I think some of it may get better as uh, the supplemental index gets recrawled and those 301s or those 404s are seen. And it doesn't do any harm in the ranking as far as, you know, if a page shows up, a user can click on that result and the supplemental result they will just get redirected through the 301 or something like that. But we are getting the feedback that, uh, you know, people would prefer a better way to be able to manage some of those things and how that interaction of the supplemental index and the regular index works.
2: Well, I mean, we, we just understand how much you dislike duplication. And it's not good for anybody. <laughs> I mean, there's, nothing, there's no reason why I would ever want to serve you duplicate content mm-hmm. because you've always been good at not ranking two of the exact same documents, especially from the same site. So the more tools that are available allow us to help you or notify you and let you know that we're cleaning this up and there's only one
3: path that you should take. It you know it's just better for everybody. It it means we can have more content and not spread reputation across multiple copies of a page or something like that. Mm-hmm. But uh, just let me go ahead and insert uh, into the conversation. If you're using the URL removal tool, be careful <laughs> because <laughs> what it does is it is it, you know it lets the webmaster remove his or her own site for six months. If you're trying to mo- remove the dub 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 or the non dub dub version and keep just the other version, we have seen webmasters shoot themselves in the foot and either accidentally remove both. Or you remove one, and since Google knows that one is a dupe of the other, it both end up going away for six months. And then you have to write into Google, and some Google engineer has to see that and be willing to edit the database to bring it back, you know, from out of the URL removal tool.
1: So okay, now this this just begs the the, the next question here, though,
5: mm-hmm.
1: with you know our, our good buddy Brett over at Webmaster World and his robots.txt removal
3: of everything. Mm-hmm.
2: No, that would be your removal of everything. Yeah, I yeah. Was
3: Todd. I know no who did the the, uh, to do <laughs> the removal in the <laughs> URL removal tool, and uh, there there was exactly one person that did it. Oh, shut up! You think I'm joking? <laughs> so, you're so you think I don't track. have access hey, to I the database ask, of the URL removal went, tool? That's not a nice thing to do. <laughs> okay, but but that that aside, whoever you know, regardless uh, so of whether they putting in or not, other people were telling you they'd already done it. Is that the situation? Whatever the case, we won't <laughs> go into who did what when. <laughs> uh-huh.
1: <laughs> my my question is: Webmaster World is is raging back into the index in far less than six months. Right now, I mean, whether it was submitted or not, they had put the robots.txt up to say, "Look, we." we you know, we want out of here, and we know
3: they're cloaking to you too. So my basic point is, anybody, and I've had this happen, and I've helped, you know, double-digit number of times with people who have accidentally used the UL removal tool. So you know, it's certainly the case that you can do a re-inclusion request and say, "Hey, it's not that I was spamming; it's that it's I used the UL removal tool." So, oh,
1: no, but, okay, but re-inclusion aside, he had put up that he didn't want you there.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: So, you know, so, I mean, you got to, the, the question is, well, what did he really expect would happen? And sure enough, it worked. Then did he just go, oh, cool experiment, let me back in.
3: Uh, yeah. <laughs> and, then, and then start blogging <laughs> in my robots.txt. Well, he said from the beginning that it was an experiment, that he was going to try for like one or two months or something like that. So I wouldn't be at all surprised if he was at some point like, okay, experiment's over, I'm ready to do a re-inclusion request and then have that, you know, taken out of the URL removal But do you think that there should be a secondary
2: step? Okay, so what Todd did, right, because the robot's text was in place and if somebody else submitted the site, it got instantly flushed. Whereas if you just went to the site with the robot's text, you would continually check it, and the pages would fall out at a much slower rate. And they would come back quicker if the file was removed. So... Do you think that in hindsight, uh, having an extra level of, hey, can you prove that this is your site would be a good idea with yeah. that tool?
3: Well, whenever whenever the URL removal tool was first built, and I know the guy that built it, um, that was a deliberate design decision. It was basically, look, if you've used robots.txt to say no crawler or especially not Googlebot is allowed to crawl your site, it is okay for someone else to submit your site. Now, if you want a removal for other reasons, like you didn't put up a robots.txt, um, for example, with site maps, you have to authenticate. You have to prove that it's your site. So you can either put up a page with a special token or, or whatever. I think if we look at redoing the URL removal tool, then all of the policies that it had are certainly up for discussion and what's the best way forward and stuff like that. But in general, if somebody has a robots.txt, I think it's fair enough, or at least that was the decision when the tool was built, to say, yeah, you know, if somebody wants to submit um, a removal for that, well, they've got this robots.txt that says... That's allowed. I think the, dri- the what's the purpose of the six month thing? Though? Well, it was to give people enough time to get their site in order, such that when the six months was over, Google started to crawl the robots.txt or whatever was there for them. Gotcha. So it was never supposed to be a permanent removal. It was okay. We'll take care of this for you automatically for you know six months, so that you can get your <laughs> you can get your site in order. <laughs> and then once your site in, is in order after six months, when we start to recrawl again, you know, you're in good shape and, and you have no problem with the search engines. And I think the chat room is drifting off.
1: <laughs> yeah, well, okay, let's, let's do this. <laughs> let's go Let's go take another quick break, pay some bills. We're clearly running out of time here. Let's uh, come back. We'll hit the uh, V7N contest real quick, and then we will open it up and let you rant on whatever is on your mind. How does that sound? Cool. All right, everybody sit tight. Back in a couple.
5: is the pioneer in online press release visibility. Think beyond search. Online visibility is what really matters. PRWeb's exclusive online visibility engine delivers your message to your customers and major media outlets. Get the credibility and attention you deserve. Think online visibility from PRWeb. PRWeb, the only major newswire service that drives quality, measurable traffic to your site.
4: Media.com today.
5: Webmasterradio.fm. Inspirations and answers all the time.
1: Okay, and we are coming back for the last little bit of SEO Rockstars Oil Man Web grill live with Mr Cuts of Google. Everybody's still hanging in there? Yeah, man. Okay, cool. Let's talk SEO contests for a couple minutes here.
3: <laughs> Wait a second, I, I need a little more detail. Are we talking about uh head to head SEO generations on Ning dot com? Or no, are we talking much, just oh, one okay. vanilla SEO contest?
2: <laughs> talk about crappy link bait.
3: <laughs> hey it worked. It did. You know, if I the just, idea is to get to was, maximum length with minimum effort, then you gotta give uh that Makula, was that his name? Yeah. You gotta yeah. give him credit for that, you know?
1: Oh, it was very, very creative.
3: Of course Ning that's is it. really slow right now. Am I oh, still winning? Right now? Or voters, have you guys click spammed oh. it? <laughs> yeah.
1: I got a bot voting for me.
3: You can totally see the tears. I'm like, yeah, Dave In, <laughs> you got somebody clicking for you. Uh huh. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's it's
1: not really difficult to game that system.
3: Oh my goodness! Exactly. The only thing is to deal with how slow it is. <laughs> well, yeah. okay, that's that's rude, you know. But uh, but I, I
1: was thinking more of of uh, our, our good friend John Scott and the V7 and gibberish word
3: uh-huh.
1: contest. Uh
3: huh.
1: I mean, it's it, it you know, arguably, it's kind of silly to have a contest where hey, who can rank for a, a gibberish word that doesn't even exist, and so on and so forth. But I mean, do you guys? Does Google have any opinion whatsoever on that sort of thing, and and what's going on? I mean, you guys are indexing, you're indexing it like mad. You know, for a couple exceptions, that it took you a fair bit longer than Yahoo to pick up and display those new pages. But
3: yeah, that was. You know, as as we're making the transition to Big Daddy, we got a lot of stuff going on under the hood. So sorry that it took us, you know, an extra seven hours to, you know, <laughs> oh, no, it was more to than index that. some of those nonsense terms. It was funny because I saw the initial stuff by Danny. He was like, "Oh, don't make me post about this." And then I went to sleep and woke up the next morning, and there were terms on Google. So I, yeah, what are what are the counts right now? It's like five million. Well, let's or talk about, about the counts a little bit because here's the interesting thing.
2: You guys are all nuts when it comes to <laughs> coming up with these count numbers. So, your buddies at Yahoo who have 20 billion documents, right?
3: More than, that's more than you? <laughs> uh, we have more than, than Yahoo, in my opinion. So,
2: um, they, they're they giving a count of about 1.5 million. And here's an interesting thing. Um, one million fifty thousand. And when I put the term in quotes... That drops down to about 1,030,000. So to me that makes sense because since it's a contest, almost every single page is going to use it as an exact phrase. When I do that on Google, I get 5 million results. Uh, well, it depends on the data center. It's anywhere between 1.5 to 5 million. And when you put it in quotes, it drops completely in half. So it's like Google's telling me that out of these five million, two and a half million pages are only using either one occurrence of the word or the words are not right next to each other on the page. And that seems absolutely silly to me that that could be the case. So
3: how do you come up with these numbers? So the first thing to notice is, and (laughs) you still picked like the most boring part of the SEO contest to talk about, but okay, if you really (laughs) want to hear about this, Uh, The first thing to notice is result counts are only uh, estimates. And so, for example, if you've ever noticed, we only give three significant digits of result counts. So, for example, if you do a phrase search for that on Google, the v7n.com, blah, 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 uh, I get 2.87 million results. Now, it doesn't give you an exact count because it's supposed to say, look, this is just an estimate. I know that in the past there have been times when uh, you could do very strange corner case searches, like uh, search for Gary Price and then do search for Gary Price minus site colon slash dot, like really weird searches. And it would you'd actually get more estimated results whenever uh, you tried to restrict and say, don't show me results from this site. And the reason for that is uh, the results counts have not been, or the results estimates have not been like the highest priority for Google, because it's there is a rule of thumb to let you know how many documents you're searching through. What really happens is you're going through, you know, index posting lists, and you're trying to estimate. Okay, how far have I gone through this posting list to retrieve this many results? And so, depending on whether you use stop words or whether you use really weird search operators, the results counts can vary quite a bit. So, I would use them as a rule of thumb, and I wouldn't obsess and say, Oh, well, there's more results for, you know, devil than God. Therefore, people. It doesn't have anything to do with uh,
2: making it appear that you are indefinitely bigger than your competitors. Actually, <laughs>
3: if you look, there was a there's a counting thing, you know. There was a study. I think it was somebody in Germany last year who basically said, you know, let's take the number of results and let's actually go all the way through the the posting list. And what they found was every search engine. If you go all the way through, it, the other thing to think about is we're delivering you the first ten results, right? So we're giving you an estimate of if you click the next page this is how much more you'd see in the posting list and on the result count. So by the time you start to go to result number 500, we may get a much more accurate results estimate. So I believe Google will serve you up more actual results than any other search engine. Now, you know, what will the results estimate say? That will vary a lot by search engines. And if you, for example, on MSN, if you do a search uh, that's something obscure and then you click through, it may drop by a factor of five or nine, you know, quite a bit. But I think if you actually count the total number of search results and non-duplicated search results, I believe Google will give you more on average.
2: First of all, it's not fair to even compare yourself to MSN.
3: <laughs> wait a second. I, mean, I thought you were not, oh wait, you're not nice. a search champ anymore. Are you not going <laughs> yeah, to argue? I'm, for... I'm jilted. Can you tell? And, and <laughs> form did, what, email, no less. Why just, did they not
2: let you come back up for search champ Google's biggest fan. <laughs>
1: <laughs> okay, yeah, so... So, Matt, you, you said that, that looking at the, the results numbers was the boring part
3: of, of the
1: contest. What is the exciting part of the contest
3: for <laughs> your viewpoint? Well, I think it's interesting um, because I had done a post on my blog. I was starting to talk about how to get links. So I'll go ahead and read you what I'd said. You know, I'd been talking about how important it is to be the first person to do something. So I said, do you really have to be the first? Not if you're good. Was the Negritude Ultramarine SEO contest the very first contest to try to rank for a nonsense term? I don't honestly know, but it was the first that really became well-known. Now, very few people pay attention to the Seraphim-Protodoc contest or the (laughs) Homieberger-Gepardot contest, or the and then I insert some Hebrew contest, which was an actual SEO contest in Israel. And then I finish off saying, look, it's been done now. So I actually wrote that before the whole V7N thing started. I don't think that just offering money or offering iPod or whatever is enough to sort of revisit the whole issue of SEO contests. You know, we've been having this conversation on people's blogs about link bait and coming up with creative ways, and Andy Hagans uh, was like, okay, I'll give a $1,000 to the first person who can, you know, give me the right idea to attract link bait, that sort of stuff. But
2: well, you got to admit, throwing a new set of rules and offering money from a third party, to somebody else is a new twist, right?
3: No, it's really, I mean, people have offered money before. People, uh, somebody on Engadget or, or one of those sort of sites, like a, an auto blog, was saying, we'll give you an iPod if you link to us. I've seen people that are team makers, and they'll say, "If you have a PR5 link, we'll send you a T set. If you're a PR6 link, we'll send you two T sets, or whatever." You know, just that sort of contest by itself is interesting. I think what you did, and what John Scott did, which was so smart, was refining the controversy. You know, I don't know if you guys really hate each other, but you play it off like you do. You know, you're well, so you're, you're, you're you're slapping you're, around this guy who had taken your words out of context, and I've, we've never actually met. John. Oh, he,
1: yeah, see, here, here's the thing with John Scott, and, then, uh, and you know, we, we've said it before, so just five-second recap. We, Greg blogged about it and said, hey, this is kind of a stupid, you know, link-baiting thing, so I'm going to counter it with my contest, which is kind of fun, because let's do the, the canonical
3: thing for Matt Cuts. Hmm. Yeah, let's, let's try it, to sabotage Matt's domain. It yeah. was
2: an alternative prize to people that wanted to participate but not link to him.
3: Well, here's what I think John Scott did that was very smart. Is He said, you know what, I am going to respond and I'm going to use a little bit of finesse so you do, you can link however you want to. I think if he'd insisted on just going for the link, it would have looked a little worse. Oh, but no question. now it's kind of turned into this interesting, fun little thing, and I'm sure we'll keep an eye on it.
2: Well, you know, because my, my point is, is that the, the links that were generated, for me, my experiment in it all was the links getting generated by people talking about the contest rather than asking somebody to link to you as part of participating in the contest so i think the good links the links of value were the links that both john and i both got over the fact that so many people wrote about the controversy that i started
3: Yeah. no i mean
2: and those of the links that will last for time and be more worthy than a bunch of spam pages the, with a link back to you know what I'm saying?
3: Of course, but that's white hat optimization 101. If somebody gives a link because they choose to for an editorial reason, that's going to be a higher quality link. It's going to last longer. It's it's going to be more likely to do you good.
2: We the have point I'd
3: make is you can take controversy too far. You know, you can stake it out so far on one end of the spectrum that after a while people don't take you seriously anymore.
2: True. True.
1: But well, and I think I think that's kind of where John Scott has has gone with it. I mean, we yeah we kind of did try to hijack his contest and and whatnot. But you know he, he's he's really gone over the edge with the controversy side of things, talking, you know, linking to Greg with drunken whore and you know all these all this trash talking stuff and calling me and Greg and Mike the three
2: stooges and he,
3: know, he likes
2: just, to call names, but well, that's he, line, line, yeah. Right. yeah. And, I mean, and, and you, so sort you of guys, this,
3: you guys think like black cats. You can't seriously be concerned if somebody links to you with like some random anchor text.
1: Oh, clearly <laughs> no. not. But and and that's and that's the point I'm trying to make is that you know we're we're kind of we were in this to have some fun. And I don't know where John Scott really is or if he's really a nice guy or whatever the deal is, but he seems to really be
3: legitimately pissed off
1: at us. He's taken it seriously when you
3: hijacked the contest he started? (laughs) (laughs) I can't imagine why he wouldn't be up for some good fun when you decided to hijack his contest. Yeah, you know,
2: I shouldn't vlog when I've been drinking. Yeah, (laughs) well, precisely...
3: I, I think it's interesting, because you guys, even when you're doing White Hat, Link LinkBait, you think like Black Hats. You're like, oh, I can, you know, hop into somebody else's deal and try to, you know, stir up the pot a little bit. And, you know, he just played back with you guys. So it's, it's probably been good from a brand well, name at, recognition. at the end of the
1: day, everybody got more links out of it.
3: <laughs> yeah, <laughs>
1: it, I don't know. The really contest got it. so much if, more well-known, and he got so many more links out of what happened here that it kind of turned out to be really good for everybody.
3: I think if everybody can be a good sport about it and, you know, play like, oh, yes, this is something smart, and look how artfully we responded, then, you know, everybody goes home happy. Right now, I'm still not planning to blog about it because I don't want to wade into it, but, you know... But are you
2: sniffing through the results looking for link network as a torch? That's what I want to know.
3: Eh, you know...
2: <laughs> some good stuff in there. There's...
3: <laughs> uh, there's all sorts of interesting things you can learn from all the website results. So, you know, it's it's fun to check that search every so often, but there have been like four or five search results. I don't think there's any special tricks that we don't already know about from other contests and checking out just the web. So.
2: Well, the uh, tough thing is, because of the big daddy migration and everything, is the results are really dramatically different from data center to data center. Mm. So
3: Hopefully it, by the time the contest is over, we should be completely Yeah, so right
2: now there's just a lot of flip-flopping going around and you know, I'll, I'll be looking at my referrals and I'll get a link that shows me on the first page for Google and then I'll get one right below it that shows me at 95 or, you know. So that part's kind of interesting. Yeah.
1: Okay, well, we're getting some stuff in the chat room here and I know we're, we're, we've are we're already run way over time. Um, And I appreciate you hanging out with us, Matt. And we'll go as long as you got time to, to
3: go. Yeah, I got <sighs> to Mosey cool. pretty soon. I see Kelly Jones saying, oh, why didn't they talk, you know, Direct oh. concrete SEO advice, and not this personal junk. Ugh,
2: boring. Well, but I, All right, well, give us a lot of stuff. A, yeah.
1: a lot of what some of the people in the chat room are, are really wanting to hear is stuff I don't think that you would answer anyways. Like, why is Display None still working in Big Daddy?
3: You know, yeah. It, if you're I asking mean, about internal ranking factors, that's the sort of thing that right uh, we're not going to go into as much detail about. But you know, I, I think it's definitely been a lot of fun. So you know, we'll have to keep our eyes open maybe in a couple months or so i could come back
1: well that's what i was just uh, that was sort of my next question here we greg and i have this whole list of questions that that, that he compiled out of out of our blog shit we didn't even hardly scratch the surface on it so <laughs> you
3: yeah, would we would, we would
1: of love of by, to run yeah. a part 2 uh at, at some point and and if you're open to that we'll look at scheduling that and make sure we get lots of lead time out for everybody to know when it's going
3: to be yeah uh right now i've got <laughs> Right now, I've got a few balls in the air, uh, juggling those. But uh, you know, in a couple months, let's plan on doing something like. Hey, this. maybe we should do
2: a live broadcast from New York. I'm there you go. There. Then
3: we can hold you're you down. Be, you're going to
2: be there, right? Yeah, totally. Hey, hey that to was in Chicago. Yeah. Rumor is John Snow to be in I heard that the uh, snow
3: really added to the character of the conference. Oh, <laughs> it was so cool. <laughs> 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 well, and didn't everybody kind of get stuck there for a while? Oh yeah, oh, we were well, sitting well, in the yeah,
2: bar watching the plane crash on the. Television, right? Whenever we were leaving to the airport, so.
3: that's, that's a good conference. <laughs> well, was, yeah, I don't know Chicago in the in the winter or Dallas in the summer. You know, <laughs> not we'll real right.
2: Well, well, the, well no,
3: it, it's it's good to have them there. It's great to have those conferences in a lot of different places. The only thing is, I can only do like you know three, four, five a year. So at some point, you got to just you know. But I heard that Charles Martin did a fantastic job. I keep meaning to do a post on the blog about that because it, it's my personal theory. Have you guys heard of the bus test? No. No. The bus test is when you get hit by a bus. (laughs) You (laughs) fail the bus test. So it's my personal theory that if I ever get hit by a bus, there's like 50 Googlers who could do, you know, communications about Webmaster stuff like I do. So I I was really heartened to hear that Charles Martin went there and he was just stayed for a long time, answered a lot of questions, stuff like that. I think it would be really important to try to widen and get more people talking at conferences. So we've got one guy, Brian White, going down to uh, Australia to talk in, uh, I think, later this month. So, you know, just getting some different voices, just some different opportunities to get more interaction between webmasters is a good thing.
2: But would they sleuth around with a little black book, taking notes?
3: Dude, you got to get on That's conversations? the greatest reason to go to the conferences. Yeah. We'll make them a pretty green instead of black. Then you don't have to be scared. No, because then we won't,
2: we won't pay attention to them. We look for black.
3: <laughs> <laughs> right? Anybody
2: that even looks like they work for you, walk around with something black in their hand.
3: <laughs> well, that's that's why we'll have to... Uh, uh, and I know there's everybody a company with the issued
2: microphone. one, too, because I've done sessions where Daniel is sitting in the audience and he whips it out and starts scribbling notes and the next thing I see, he's on the phone to you. I know what's going on. <laughs> and
3: so next time, maybe we'll see if we can like uh, get some lapel pens with microphones and we'll just be like, speak clearly into the... That would lapel- be cool. <laughs> Well, let's,
1: uh, I I know you got, you got to run, Matt, but can, can you take two minutes and, and just give us your big SEO rant right now or whatever's, whatever's on your mind that is interesting to, to this room full of listeners we got here.
2: Mm. What are you going to torch next? What's big on the red button list?
3: You know, subdomain spam is kind of hacking me off right now. Uh. There's no reason to have a perfectly valid domain and then make 150,000 subdomains with you know one page on each subdomain. So, do uh, you,
2: you want to install my uh, subdomain <laughs> plugin for your blog? No,
3: at least for that one you have to actually write a post in WordPress. I'm exactly. talking about the guys that are like mz7f.info. You know, if you're in the chat room or whatever, uh, keep, keep an eye on your sites. You know, don't be making a whole lot of spammy subdomain stuff.
2: Here comes a flamethrower.
3: <laughs> but no, go. I mean you know keep making great sites, and Google will try to rank them fairly. So you know white hat content, link baiting, thinking about reasons why people would link to your site, being creative—that's the thing that's going to make people really like your site and come back to it.
1: I don't know, man. I built a site I thought it was pretty creative about links and condoms and stuff. Didn't rank for anything. <laughs> just, yeah. yeah, so you moved on to uh, dental plans. <laughs> Is that what I hear? Yeah, I gave up at that point. Decided to go be corporate.
3: All right, that's fair. <laughs>
1: so, Anyways, man, I'm, uh, on that note, I think we're going to have to wind down here let you get on with your evening. Good deal. But uh, we're going to get you back in a couple months. Cool? Absolutely. And we'll, we'll see if we can follow up and see if we can address some of these, these more technical uh, questions that some of our listeners had. But uh, thanks for sitting in, man. It's a real great pleasure for you good. to come good. join us. It's good talking to you guys.
3: Man. I'll probably see you in New York at Search Engine Strategies. Absolutely. You good got deal. it, man. Okay, Alright,
1: Thanks for hanging through with our extended show tonight, and uh, we will make sure to give you lots of notice when Matt comes back for part two. But you have yourself a great evening.